Thank you for tuning in with us, listening to another episode. This is Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. And this is episode 90. 90? Eric, 10 away from 100. Who would ever thought we'd have been here? Look at us now. Theoretically, we're probably at like 190-ish. Yeah, theoretically. Theoretically, but yeah. But, but, but no, it's, uh, you know, I feel good. Another week is in the books. New episode is obviously upon us. And we get to talk about what we love probably most, and that's sports. For sure, for sure. Um, after, you know, obviously a week off, not much has transpired, right? Uh, we just had a shorter week in the NBA because this is obviously NBA All-Star Weekend. Which we will dive into, and I will tell you why the three-point contest is now probably more attractive than the dunk contest. I'm I'm with that. Yeah, so we can talk about that, and also we can talk about you know realistic expectations for certain teams in the NBA. Now that we are going, you know, going to be past the NBA All-Star Weekend, and this is really the time where you know, the playoffs is like something to talk about, right? And playoff teams and championship teams. And obviously last week we discussed the big trades that happened during the trade deadline. Devin Booker, uh, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton have a big four in Phoenix, you know, but we have to be realistic about those expectations, you know, and is this a real championship team? So, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that. But first, we got to talk about some football. Yes, we do. Um, obviously, we're only what two, two to three weeks away removed from NFL, but well, um, we're a week away removed. Um, yeah, we obviously we just came off of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, my yeah, bad. Yeah, you know which you know you were correct. You said you said the Chiefs will win. I did. You said the Chiefs will win. Me, I'm I'm a I'm a better Eagles fan this week. I don't. I, you know what? I didn't get that though. Like, how could you be better when, like, in my mind, you won regardless? I did, but I I did, but I didn't, right? Because, like, I told you, I even said during the podcast, I said, I would be happy for Andy Reid, which I was for, like, a a split second. But then I realized, like, Andy Reid is wearing red now. Like, I mean, he's been wearing red, but it it is different after the game. Like, I expected you to kind of, and, and, at the first part of it, right? I expected you to be like, "All right, look." Initially, um, hey, I, 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 I'm salty. And then I think a day or two later, I expected you to be like, "Man, what? Great for Andy Reid." Which it, it it is because I I I really don't like the way that they did Andy Reid in Philly. I don't I, think nobody does. Like that was probably the worst I felt since they traded Donovan McNabb. Can Can I be honest? Yeah, go ahead. I knew the game was over when I saw the head coach crying at the, on the national anthem. I said, "Oh, he's lucky to be here." Yeah, <laughs> but I said he's just lucky to be here. I mean, but you you got to think about the journey, right? Think about the journey. Nick Sirianni came over from the Colts. You know that they draft Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he sent behind Carson Wentz for a year. And this season, like going into the season, everybody's questioning and doubting Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback. You know, is he a leader? Obviously, the debacle they had last year when they played Tampa Bay, and he just he didn't look good as a quarterback, right? 
He just didn't. Everybody's like, well, he can't make throws. He can run the ball, but he, he's not a quarterback. So I think he addressed those issues this season. But obviously still a running quarterback. But nonetheless, he was a quarterback who made some really good passes, which he did in the Super Bowl. He played great. Yes, he did. He, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he, he outplayed him like by a large margin. Let's be real. He just did. And you can say, well, he had better weapons. That's beyond. That's beside the point. Right? Like, a great quarterback is going to make plays and make things happen. And he's, like, Patrick Mahomes, that, that was his probably his worst playoff game in his career. It was. That was probably, no. that was probably his worst playoff game in his entire it, career. And I think, well, see, not, that's why I want to go back a little bit. Because I think that's about numbers. When you're looking at the numbers, when you look at pure, sure plays made, Patrick Mahomes made pivotal plays in this game to be successful. I go back to the Bengals game that they lost last year in the playoffs, and that's where I say, okay, Patrick Mahomes kind of played terrible. Oh, his line was bad, et cetera, et cetera. You got to understand this. After the first few drives where they were mixing runs and passes together, I think that's where the the Chiefs were um, the, at, at their best, right? They started to try to force Patrick Mahomes to, to potentially win them games and abandon the run a little bit, and that's when they kind of struggled a little bit. Struggle, I, I say that loosely because they also didn't have the ball that much in like in the second quarter, right? So it was like I, I they were just putting too much of an emphasis to, to try to get the ball moving when they were throwing that I think they kind of set themselves up. When they got back to the run, especially in late in the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, it showed that they're good enough. I was shocked that they never threw the ball deep. And see, that's another thing where I felt like um, Philly had opportunities to throw the ball deep downfield. And they took advantage of some of those opportunities. We didn't see Phil. I mean, the Chiefs throw the ball downfield. I think the deepest pass might have been to Travis Kelsey in the first quarter. Like, Valdez Scanley was supposed to be their deep threat and had success a, a week before the Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, the game before the Super Bowl, and we expected, I expected that to happen again. He didn't have no catches. They dinked and doinked down the field and used Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster in the run game to be successful. I tip my hat off to Andy Reid because I they they came out with a whole game plan that I didn't think they were going to be able to do. Yeah, no, and then you obviously see them using a lot of um, plays where they ran guys in motion to throw off that man coverage, you know what I mean? And that's obviously, like, the smartest thing you can do. For sure. You know what I mean? They literally ran the same play, I believe it was, like, the um, on, the, on the scoring play that they ran with Kadarius Tony. Yes. And they did the same thing with Scott Moore. But, you know what I mean? But, but why wouldn't you do that? I mean, look, Andy Reid is an offensive mastermind. And we also got to take the consideration, too. There was two big possessions where the Kansas City Chiefs scored on that wasn't by the – it wasn't impactful by the offense. The the scoop and score. This is you referring to when Jalen Hurts fumbled, fumbled the ball. Fumbled the ball, scoop and score. And then also the, the, the punt return. That gave them so much field advantage – that, of course, when you see the score, you see what, what happens, 
and you're like, okay, Patrick Mahomes had like 190. Okay, like that that that's not jaw dropping when you see a 30 something plus score game, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. But they had help, um, and I think they were the team that kind of played their best at all three facet phases of the game. Like you you got to be able to play that way, and um, I mean. Congratulations to them. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, it's, it's huge for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, especially, they go in, they get their second uh, Super Bowl title under Andy Reid, um, and it's what the second in four years. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a really good thing to see. You know what I mean? Them having that type of success down there. You know, with Philly, I think I'm just more disappointed because. It's just it's really hard to see your team get back to a Super Bowl. Like obviously the, the Eagles won in two thousand and seventeen, you know, but it's no guarantee that they will have this type of success in the near future. Like it's just not like none of that is promised, right? And no, it, can, can I be the person to spoil it for you? Yeah, go ahead. It's gonna be a while, and and, and I just say that pure sheer off of roster, right? Like it can happen, right? You you guys can get back there, but. Um, in my opinion, it's gonna take a, it's gonna be a while. Jalen Hurts is up for a contract extension. I think there's like seven or eight key guys that are um, free agents this offseason. I just don't. Jason uh, Jason Kelsey is one of them. Where well, I, Jason Kelsey already said this is gonna be his last season, so he's more likely gonna retire. But they do they they do have Landon Dickerson. Like let's. They drafted him for a reason. Like we we know that. So. Hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jason Kelsey is the don't don't get it twisted. Jason Kelsey is the glue to that. When you talk about you can run the ball and run under center, QB sneak, fourth and two, third and one, fourth and one. No, and, and this and, 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 hey, Jalen Hurts and them call that ninety two. 92% successful of converting short yardage under center QB sneaks. And, and look, it's, look, it's, and I'm not downplaying it. Like, Jason, losing Jason Kelsey is going to be huge. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, right? Like, that's like that's a big thing to lose. But at the end of the day, like, they did draft Landon Dickerson, which they expect Landon Dickerson to be an all-pro offensive lineman. Will he be Jason Kelsey? Probably not. But will he be effective? I hope so. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the times where he has gone in and played center uh, while Jason Kelsey was injured, he played well. So, like, I'm I'm not... Like, I understand losing Jason Kelsey is going to be tough, but I think that, you know what I mean, the guys that they have that will come in and replace him, I think they'll, they'll be fine, like, from that standpoint. But I'm more worried about, you know, you lose... Hell, you're going to go out and you lose James Bradbury, more than likely. You lose him Fletcher Cox. Probably going to lose Brandon Graham this year. You know what I mean? Like, and that's probably going to be due to retirement as well. But it's a lot of guys they're losing on that back end. And then talking about a guy like Gardner Johnson that they got from the Saints who's due for a contract extension. Like, and it, it won't be short money that he's asking for. So No, sir. Um, I think I think Philly, especially defensively, has done a, a damn good job of getting guys there um, while they could and stacking the load, if you will. But um, I definitely believe that yeah, I'm right with you, bro. That it's definitely gonna be hard to replace those defensive guys. Um, hell, they even picked up Adama Kasu, right? Like 
So I mean, not to say he he he's he's demanding a lot of money, but like that's another body a rotating body that's good. And when you're kind of out out of the thick of things, a guy like a Dominic might not come back, right? Yeah, I mean, and let's be real. Like the best defensive lineman that they're probably gonna lose this offseason is Vernon Hargrave. Like that's like let's be real. Like the guy was all pro last year. He cl- helps clog up the middle. He he outplayed Fletcher Cox the past three seasons. You know what I mean? So that's another guy that you know what I mean they have to lose. Like it's it's just I understand Jason Kelsey because of. You know how dominant he's been since he's been in Philadelphia, but the reality is they lose a lot more on defense. And shit, like you said earlier, they gotta pay Jalen Hurts. So I know that re-signing a lot of those guys won't be a thing. No, um, and I, I think Jalen Hurts. And and before we kind of move on, uh, I think Jalen Hurts deserves every bit of penny he's gonna get. Um, and, and let's be clear. He's gonna go break. He's gonna go break the bank. He has a black woman as his agent. First, I think first NFL player to have one. I think she makes sure she represents him so well that her name starts to ring bells around the NFL, and it becomes a thing to where she can pick up more clients. Yeah, I mean, and you know how she's going to pick up more clients because who does she work for now? Because, you know, I follow her. Like, I've been following her career for a while now. No, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been following her career for a while now. But she's now, like, she used to be with a different agency. But now, I believe it was last year, she switched over. She's with, she's with Clutch Sports now. Oh. Yeah, so she's like the head over the football department for Clutch Sports. Okay. Which is even bigger. So when you say he's gonna break the bank, I already know. Yeah, clutch don't play around for folks that follow NBA. You would know that clutch kind of makes sure their guys get paid. Um, sometimes they make sure guys get overpaid, especially <laughs> yeah. in the NBA. It, um, exactly. So you know her, you know representing Jalen and him becoming as big as he has over this past season is definitely gonna be a thing. You know what I mean? Like him. He's going, but trust me, he deserves to get paid. Every pin, like when we talk about a guy who was draft, you know what I mean? First of all, he was told basically that he wasn't better than Tua. So he, you know what I mean? He lost his job at Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma. A lot of people were kind of worried about how it would play out. Because obviously when he was at Alabama, he had numbers. But, you know, people were like, oh, it's Alabama, it's the factory. You know, he won't have the same success. Goes to Oklahoma, becomes a Heisman contender. It was the runner-up behind Joe Burrow, who had an amazing season. Yeah, I, let me just add some clarity there, though. A lot of people question his success because at Bama, he he was more of a runner, right? Um, he was a thrower, but not really. I think he became a great thrower when he went to Oklahoma. He showed his ability, and I think that's it's, it's so crazy, bro, that it happens because I think at Oklahoma, you fell in love with him. You fell in love with Jay. Like, you were already, like, a supporter of him when he left Bama. But I think, like, you, it went above and beyond for you when you when he went to Oklahoma. And you bought in right away and said, this guy is the right guy for Philly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was, it was never down in my mind when they drafted him. You know, I was overly excited because I knew that Carson Wentz wasn't going to pan out. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, 
even if I felt like Carson Wentz was a guy they could keep there to be serviceable, like if he got hurt, Jalen Hurts going in with somebody who could, I would be like, okay, I'm comfortable with him being the starting quarterback because I think he still gives them a chance to win. And I think that, and I'll say this because I've been very vocal about it in the past, I think that him being at Alabama from the jump was something that kind of hindered his growth as a quarterback. Because, 100%. Yeah, like, and, and I just, and I'm personally not a guy who buys into a lot of guys from Alabama, like a lot of quarterbacks anyway. Like, I'm just not. I think that when he went to Oklahoma, it allowed us to see that he has the ability to, to make the right reads pre-snap. He's He can throw the ball at all three levels of the field. And I think that it got him to be more comfortable in a pro-style system. So, like, do I think that him transferring was the best thing that ever happened to him throughout his entire football career? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's just crazy because you talk about that and you talk about um, just just him and quarterback situation in general in the league. And um, before we jump off of this and move forward um, and get to the quarterback situations because there's other quarterback situations going around the league, um, let me ask you this. Is Patrick Mahomes on his way to being one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game? Now, when you say on his way to being one of the, like, the best, like, are you saying, like, top five or top ten? Because I think that if we... Okay. But at minimum, top five. At minimum, top five? I think he's there. I think he submitted himself. I think this Super Bowl win and this season in general has submitted himself as a top five quarterback in the NFL history. And and that's fair to say. That's really... He might be five. But he's in that top five. That's really fair to say. You know, I I take nothing away from Patrick Mahomes, what he's done in his career. Obviously, a guy I thought that even I overlooked in the draft when he, you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, when yeah, the yeah. when the Chiefs I think everybody did. when the Chiefs traded up, I really like I said on the last podcast, I thought they were drafting Deshaun Watson because I really think Deshaun Watson is like that. And when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, I didn't question because I, I know Andy Reid is a guy who does his homework on quarterbacks. Because when he got drafted, to, when he drafted Donovan McNabb to Philly, Philly fans hated it. They booed Donovan McNabb on his draft day. Like, all fans booed Donovan McNabb on his draft day. But then they saw, like, oh, this guy's coming out winning season, winning season, winning season, NFC Championship, NFC Championship, NFC Championship game. Like, and they saw the consistency, and they saw, oh, McNabb's going out there, and that's the guy who can be a franchise guy, right? They saw that within the first three seasons, which the Chiefs, hell, Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starter was the MVP. Like, so, do I think he's on his way? Absolutely. I don't think he's there yet. I won't put him in my top five. I won't put him in my top five yet. I would say... Who's your fifth? Who's at five? Who's at five? Five? Shit. I might have to either go... It it might be Dan Marino. It might be... It might be Dirty Dan, man. Like... If Dan's at five, Patrick Mahomes is is, is over him. No. I'm just saying... That's just realistic. Look. Look. I I will say this. I think that... what, What is it that Patrick Mahomes needs to do to be better than Dan? Hell, just give him like two more years at this rate. 
Then I'm like, you know what? He's 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 over. Two more years. Bro, two more years at this rate. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I I just I I can't I can't put I feel like it's premature. I really feel like it's premature. I'm just saying though, like 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 let's let's really be realistic here for a second. Patrick Mahomes at two years at this clip. We're talking about a guy that won an MVP, right? We're talking about a guy who won Super Bowl MVP. We're talking about a guy who's been to the, the Super Bowl two out of the four years, right? Well, I look, and I can even go I can go out here and say that he maybe wasn't even that deserving of Super Bowl MVP this year. And that's no, just that's my I personal mean, opinion. We, the, no, but I think like he was the best player on his team. He the most impactful player. Was I mean Nick Bowen, if we're being realistic, Nick Bowen getting that scoop and score. And Nick Bowen had what eight eight tackles total, three solo. Yes, but there were so many small pivotal moments where I felt like Patrick Mahomes was able to beat Patrick Mahomes to get them to that to overcome some of those moments. Like, don't get me wrong, that that scoop and score was great. Um, the eight tackles was great. The other fucking fumble was a great, but it, it, they didn't call it. It, I thought it was a fumble. He caught it. He turned. Both feet were moved. But it, it, I don't want to go with technicalities. So, yes, I think he played his butt off. But at the end of the day, man, Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, this dude is is on his way. There is nobody out. He's, a, he's in the class. It's him and Aaron Rodgers in the class when you talk about arm talent, right? Like he's up there as far as arm talent. I agree. I, like, I cannot. He's one and two. He's one and two. You could argue Aaron Rodgers and him as far as arm talent. Now you talk about accolades, right? And when you talk about the accolades, he has accolades that that Dan Marino does not have. I I get that. I do get that. Like, and and I will say this. I'll put an emphasis on this. It's a different league. Because if you go back and look at the numbers that Dan Marino was putting up back then, those were gaudy numbers back then. Like, and this was not a pass heavy. It was the NFL was not a pass heavy league they back were, then. Though. They were a pass heavy team because they had Dan. Okay, so you, we're playing semantics a little bit. So we could never compare LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Well, we can. We, we can't. We, I mean, we, we can't. We can't. The league, the league is different, though. We talk. We, look, anytime, anytime a conversation is brought up about people who played in the past, that's like bringing up Wilt Chamberlain as the greatest player of all time because he averaged forty points for a season and twenty rebounds. Right. But the, the league is different. The league is different. So you can never compare and say that. You can say greatest in that era. You can never say greatest player to ever play the game. Because of that. We say in modern time. And in modern time. In ti- modern time. So you're saying modern time is, Le- is LeBron James and Michael Jordan. That's it, modern time. It, exactly. That's why we can't compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James. We can't. So you're saying it's that big of a difference with Dan. That, that's still kind of modern time, right? Am but, I wrong? But this is what I can say. Because Dan retired in what, 2000? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, but the league is much different, though, right? The league is the much league different. Is different from Jordan and LeBron too, as well. It is. It is. And we can also go out here and we can say, uh, who who was the the best player that Dan Marino ever played with? Mark Clayton, right? Mark Clayton Senior was the best 
receiver that he had. Okay. And where would you rank him as far as best receivers in NFL history? Okay, bro. Now we're... Okay. No, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just I'm well, one can say that because of... And see, this is where technicalities come in. Travis Kelsey is probably... What would you say Travis Kelsey is? Is Travis Kelsey... Which, as far as what? Like his ranking? Yeah. I would say he is ranked, to me, as the second greatest tight end of all time. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play the game of football. Period. No, no if, ands, or buts about it. And you love 87, but you forgot about 88. I didn't. You forgot about 88. Tony Gonzalez is hands down, and and this hands down, the greatest tight end to ever touch an NFL field. Bro, I am like, okay. But that doesn't. So, just because Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, that doesn't slight Patrick Mahomes. We've seen that Patrick Mahomes has been able to do less, more or less, right? Patrick Mahomes this year has been able to do more or less. I think him and Andy Reid will be able to dial up more or less continually. Now, will they start to get more guys in? Probably. They're smart enough that they will. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say it like this, man. When you talk about arm talent, when you talk about all of the accolades of a quarterback, there's without a doubt Patrick Mahomes is at the top of that list. There's no doubt in my mind. And like I said, if he continues to make consecutive years of playing at this level that he's playing at, Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah, so you, I'm saying, I'm telling you, right? This is my. I'm saying he's at five. And for me, he's at like six or seven. And the ceiling is is above one. I would I would think that for me, he's at like six or seven. Like I like my my top five consists of number one being Peyton Manning, number two being Tom Brady. Number three being nah, I would go Montana then Brady. I would go I would go Joe Montana then I would go Tom Brady. Four I got Aaron Rodgers. Five I got Dan Marino. And six is a toss up. I'm either going Patrick Mahomes or John Elway. I agree with everything, but the the I think Pat is at five. He's above. He's above Dan. And above Elway. He's close, man. Oh. I'm glad you brought this up. Before we get to any other quarterback, the quarterback situation, I just thought about this. I saw this this statistical thing, and it had a breakdown, and it was, who had a better career, Terrell Davis or Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, that's tough because Terrell Davis had a very short career. He had a very short career. Ezekiel Elliott... He had a monster, like, first three years. Like, his first three years were big, but then, like, he kind of tapered off. But, I mean, I would, I'd, I'd like, and I'm not, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I would say, based upon what I know, I would say that statistically, Ezekiel Elliott had a better, has had a better career. But I think when you look at a, a large landscape of things, I would say that, Terrell Davis just because he gets the acknowledgement for the Super Bowls. 
So are you sliding Dan Marino in that? I mean, John Elway in that? I'm not. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott had a better career uh, numbers-wise. Everything was better. I think he, it, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, I thought in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if he. So if 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 Terrell Davis gets a gold jacket, does Ezekiel Elliott get a gold jacket? Depends when, on when did the stand when does the standard change, right? Like the Super Bowl's okay. But that's that's in the, the, the that's team accolades. I agree. Individual accolades, we're, we're talking Ezekiel Elliott has the stats. But that was just something I just wanted to throw out. No, no, and, and I and I don't disagree with you because I think that when we t- when we talk about players being deserving of a Hall of Fame, especially in football, even more than basketball, because you're so codependent on so on so many other players, right? Yeah. Like you're so codependent on other players, like football and bat, like in basketball, like a player he plays both sides, like mm-hmm. NFL. Like with football, like guys only play one side of the ball. Sure. So it's like it's really hard to be like, okay, well, the the measuring stick is a championship on top of what he's already done statistically. Like so that that is hard. Um, but I think that when it's said and done, Ezekiel Elliott would definitely be a Hall of Fame player. Gotcha. I mean, because I mean, shit, we can I can sit up here today and tell you that growing up, I remember saying or hearing that Terrell Owens and seeing Terrell Owens be the best running back. For at least Terrell two Davis. years, or Terrell Davis, Terrell Owens is a different monster, mm-hmm. uh, but now Terrell Davis being the best running back in the NFL for at least two years, I can say the same exact thing about Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, that was just something to throw out there. So, in other news, we also have you know several different quarterbacks that are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. before we before we dial in, let's. It's a topic from the Super Bowl that we got to talk about, okay. right? My bad. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Accepted a job with the Washington Commanders. As, well, no, as the offensive coordinator, but they kind of changed the title up for him. He's in the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator with the with the the ability to call plays. Yeah, um, was, so, that, was that a good move or a bad move? Um, I would say good move for for Eric Bieniemy, and here's why. Um, I we don't know the truth when it comes to um what exactly like how far in depth he is in game planning. We do know that he's not the main play caller. We know Andy Reid's the play, the main play caller. Um, I think I even heard Travis Kelsey in an interview the other day. As a matter of fact, it was actually on his podcast. He said. Andy Reid dialed up a couple back-to-backs, the plays that... So, he, he gave Andy Reid credit and never really gave Eric Bieniemy credit. Um, whereas, I think, you know, Andy Reid publicly tries to give Bieniemy as much credit as he can because he knows the situation and the issue that he's going against, right? Um, we also... You, you know from a, a, a standpoint where you're giving somebody a, the assistant head coach title, that brings a little bit more to it, right? So now Eric Bieniemy can say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. My Not only was I a coordinator, but I did X, Y, and Z for our team as well. Um, 
and perform some of these head coach-like duties to become a head coach. I kind of can, going to corporate America, I've been through some of those things and had to display some of those uh, qualities or be able to do some job functions at a higher clip to get that promotion that I need, right? So I think that's what he's doing. Um, should he have to do that? No. It's not right. But I think at this point, it is time for him to move on, show that he can do it, prove to himself that he can do it, and, and, and shut up the doubters and, and, and try to go ahead and get a job. But I, I don't know. I still question whether he was interviewing good or bad. That That's the only thing that I have as an outlier is was he interviewing good or bad? Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair. I know you last week on the podcast, you kind of said, hey, and you stood on it, and I'm sure you still do, of he should not have to do this. And I agree, he shouldn't. But, unfortunately, because who, who we are who we are, there is going to be times where we got to go do some things that we may not want to go do um, just to, 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 to get to where we want to go to. Um and I think that just makes that that move when you do go even more sweet to say, "Hey, I proved myself." Yeah. So this is one thing I will say, right? Like, and and I make this one kind of short and sweet. Try <laughs> try to get what I need to say out, and hope that people will follow me. So uh, Nipsey Hussle, right? Got a song called "Check Me Out" with Dom Kennedy, and he say, "Pay me now, or pay us later." And that's why that's how I really feel about Eric. You're gonna pay me no matter what. Yeah, yeah, no, and, that, and that's how I feel about Eric being me in this situation, right? Because the way I look at it, you know, you and I and I will tell you that I've heard things about Eric being me, you know, as you know, he's interviewed in the past, and from what I hear, that it's not so much about the way he interviews, but it's about him being very strong, or being very opinionated, like, and you know. It's probably a lot of guys in the front office who don't like that, you know. But I will say this though, as far as a football standpoint goes, you know, I, I still don't think that he should have to do this, right? But at the end of the day, if he's getting more money for a lateral move, I'm okay with that because if you if you're taking a lateral move, which you really don't go up on the totem pole, but they will give you more money, you take you take that, yeah. Because I mean, you you can already do the job. You, you know what I mean? You've already been doing the job, but now you're just getting paid more to do it. Like, okay, I, I get that. I, I think this comes with more responsibility it, as well. It, it comes with more responsibility, but nothing's to say he couldn't call plays. Andy Reid has just been traditionally so used to calling plays, even dating back to Philadelphia. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not even talking about the just the play calling. The, so the assistant head coach may bring more... Workload for him as well. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's anything that he won't be able to handle. For sure, no. Nah. You know what I mean? Especially if, if he was a guy who was wanting to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, going into this situation with the commanders, I think that, you know, for one, the Kansas City Chiefs, the strongest position that they had was what position, right? The quarterback. The quarterback position. He goes to the Washington Commanders, where the biggest question mark probably on the team is what position. The quarterback position. Right? So, if you put him in a situation where it's already a, a poorly run organization, 
they have a big question mark right now about their future at the quarterback position because right now, shit, it's a, it's a, it's one hell of a shit show. You know, pardon my French, but let's be real about it. I mean, you got Carson Wentz, who everybody was like, oh man, that experiment is over because they overpaid him. Taylor Haneke outplayed him while he was out, and then Sam Howell comes in the last game of the season. And has a monster game. And let's not forget, Sam Howell was a guy who everybody thought was going to be a first-round pick last year. But then, you know, he did get drafted by the Commanders. Didn't play terrible in the preseason, but he ended up getting hurt. So that's why we didn't really see him this year. But Taylor Henneke, I think, did a really good job of, you know, kind of helping manage that team. But this is the thing. Nobody paying to see Taylor Henneke. He's not the answer, right? And if... You can get a guy like Eric Benemy. Well, let's say Eric Benemy goes in and he helps this team get to 10 wins. Let's say that the quarterback plays well this year. The offense is clicking. It's a top five offense because they got potential to be that. You know, they got uh, they got Dotson. They got Curtis Samuel. Oh, let's not forget they got Terry McLaurin, who was one of the baddest wide receivers in the NFL. Where'd he go? He went to Ohio State. Okay. So, when you talk about them having the opportunity or the the ability to have a top five offense potentially or a top ten even, right? If Eric Benemy goes in and he does what he needs to do, then it's nothing anybody can say. Only thing now is owners have to be worried about how much money he's gonna be demanding. Because this is he could he could just come out and say, Hey, you had the opportunity to hire me last year for this amount. Nah that's going up. You know what I mean? Yesterday's price is not today's price, it, folks. It's not. You know what I mean? And and I think that at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of these owners are going to have to eat crow because there's a lot of guys out there who got head coaching jobs who I was like, he was not ready for a head coaching job. And that's just my personal opinion. Offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He went to the Indianapolis Colts, got the head coaching position. Do I think he's going to be a terrible coach? I'm not sure, but I know he didn't call plays. So, what's the difference? The only difference is Eric Bieniemy got a Super Bowl ring. He don't. For sure. So, that I mean, you know what I mean? That's the only difference. So, I mean, people can say what they want, you know, about the Eric Bieniemy situation. And, you know, I still think that it's, hell, I still think it's racially driven. But that's just my opinion. So, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad to see him, you know, at least get an opportunity to go out and prove himself again. And I think that the biggest takeaway from this is he's going to be paired with another minority coach in Ron Rivera. So, there you have it. Yeah, man. I'm happy for him, man. I hope it works out. Um, I know it'll work out. I just hope they find a good quarterback first. I know it'll work out. Okay. That's good, man. In other news, though, we have other quarterback issues right around the league. We have the the Giants, and um, the rumor is that Daniel Jones is going to want close to thirty to thirty five mil. Okay, that's oh, that's a, that's easy. Let him go. That's easy. <laughs> Daniel Jones not good. You have the Jets, who's don't know what they want to do. Who's looking into Aaron Rodgers? Um, to see if they could potentially uh, make a deal with Aaron Rodgers and the, the Green Bay Packers to make a trade. Um, you got the Raiders, who's looking for a quarterback position as well. Um, they're potentially going to look into 
um, bringing Aaron Rodgers out there as well, right? You got the the uh, Indianapolis Colts and their quarterback situation, trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. Um, we continue to keep talking about the Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens situation. Um, they've hired an offensive coordinator, and uh, I think it's Dan Lanning. Is that who it is? The uh, the OC, the OC and quarterback coach that was from Georgia Bulldogs, University of Georgia. So I think that's a that's that's a fine tale that Baltimore is putting more of an emphasis on on offense, and I believe that they will find a way to find to, to bring Lamar in. Yeah, no, I do too. I think Baltimore is gonna. They'll. I think they'll pay Lamar Jackson. Like I have no question about that. Um, do I think they want to? Obviously, uh, for what he's asking, not necessarily. But I think they'll get it done because I think that it's gonna be harder to go out and find another Lamar Jackson than it is to just pay Lamar Jackson. For sure. So I, I think that that's. I think they'll be fine. But when you talk about the Indianapolis Colts, I can hit this quickly, right? Because I think people out here, and I think they overthink it, and I think that's why a lot of times teams get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts, draft a quarterback. That's simple. You've been out here trying to literally sign a bunch of veteran guys the past four years, and it just don't. It doesn't work. Yeah. You did the Matt Ryan experiment. Went terrible. Who was before Matt Ryan? Who was the old quarterback that they had? Uh, it before was, Matt Ryan, it was... Uh... It was Philip Rivers. Philip, no, it was somebody before Philip Rivers or after Philip Rivers. It was Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, then they had your boy um, uh, from from Philly. Oh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah, no, Nick Foles. It didn't work. Go time to move on. And then you went out and oh, Philip Rivers. Oh, it, it it didn't work. It was time to move on. Like, just give up. It, it's it's not working. Going out here trying to sign old quarterbacks who were once top tier quarterbacks, it just it just didn't work. So you know what you need to do? Something new. And the only thing that I can say is you got a top five pick for a reason. Take a quarterback. If they're smart, they try to find their way the best thing for them to do to get Bryce Young. I, I would say CJ Stroud if he stays. Or CJ Stroud. I would say CJ Stroud if you can get him up. You better hope that the that uh that Bryce Young goes before Stroud. That's the only thing I would say if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. 100%. Um, now, when you talk about a team like the Jets, go all in on Aaron Rodgers. Because you are one, you're literally a quarterback away from being good. Like, you saw what happened when they put Mike White. And Mike White is nothing close to Aaron Rodgers, but they look decent with Mike White. What if, what if the Raiders come in and swoop Aaron Rodgers? If the Raiders go in and swoop Aaron Rodgers, that would be stupid. Why? It would be stupid because they have way too much to address on the defensive side of the ball. Like, when you talk about how much they would have to pay Aaron Rodgers because of that contract, and I'll tell you this why I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going there. I think that he loves playing with Devontae Adams. I think that it's a possibility it could happen. I mean, the Raiders have paid worse players more money. So, yeah, I think it's it's possible it could happen. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, why would I want to go play with Devontae Adams on the worst team? Gotcha. Think about that. Like, if, if if they wanted to play together, if they, look, if Devontae Adams wanted to just really play with Aaron Rodgers, he would have stayed in Green Bay and played on a better team. I feel you. No, no, I feel you. We're, so, you, we have that issue. We have that quarterback issue. You also have um, the New Orleans Saints, who's also in the, in the 
in the room looking for a quarterback. There's rumors that they're going to go out for Derek Carr. Yeah, no, and you should. You should be look. They should look at Derek Carr. If 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 it's anything, and I, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm looking at the NFC South heavy because you got um, <laughs> hell on one hand. You Tampa. can go play in Tampa Bay. You're talking about a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. You can go play in Carolina. They got a, a top ten defense, and they got some studs out there. A receiver with Frank Wright, who was a quarterback friendly coach. Yep. And it's the easiest division in football to win. You go in. Hey, all you got to do is be a pretty good quarterback in the NFC South, and you can win the division. Yes, yes, agree. I, if I and there was also rumors that if the Jets don't go get Aaron Rodgers, they should go out to Derek Carr. If I'm Derek Carr, I don't touch the Jets. Oh yeah, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm not. I'm not touching the Jets either. I, I wouldn't touch the Jets at all. Yeah, no, because at the end of the day, you will have to, he'll he'll have to do too much, and I don't know if he's. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. But I think expectations would be way too high. Like, you go to the NFC South, it's an easier division. You go to the AFC East, you still got to deal. The Patriots are going to always be in the conversation. Buffalo's still going to be at the top of the division. Miami's still a really good team. Yep, for sure. So, you, you're you going to be on the worst team in one of the best divisions in football. You're just going to be you're gonna be on the same situation, just on a different side of the country. Right. <laughs> yeah, like For sure. Yeah. It's going to be even worse because... If you don't perform, the media and everybody in New York is going to run you out. Oh, yeah. you One bad game, and they booing you. Like, right. get off the field. And you're on the New York Post. Yeah. No, it's, and it's bad. Right. It's bad. Like, um, saw something the other day, and it really ticked me off. C.J. Stroud is not better than Will Levis. Says who? Uh, your boy... Says who? No, that, that, this is a serious question because, and, and I, I look, man. You, this is your boy, Colin Cowherd. A- analytics said it. Did analytics say it? This is the crazy part. Not even, for, for the listeners out there, I'm not even going to give you C.J. Stroud's stats. But I'm going to let you know, Will Levis' five, Levis last five game passing stats was 98 yards, 170, 109, 206 and 188 and six touchdowns for five picks. And you mean to tell me the CJ Stroud's not better than him? We can just take the bat, the the Georgia game for an example. He might have came close to most of those yards. <laughs> definitely almost threw many touchdowns and less picks. Why is it today that the black quarterback that comes out of college is being um, that has to go through so many um, hoops or so much the scrutiny of them being a good quarterback for them to say that, that, that this kid is good. Like, when are they just going to accept the fact that there are black guys who are going to be in this league at the quarterback position who's going to make $35 million plus and who's going to dominate at that position, regardless of his color? But a black quarterback will do it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt in my mind. It, like one day, people were going to openly say that Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. I want to live saying it now. 
Yeah, no, but I'm saying like it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a, a actual thing like where people were talking about that. Like no, like don't and don't get me wrong. Like Tom got six rings, we can't take nothing away. And I'm not saying Pat is gonna get six. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying people were going is the, the conversation is gonna be there and more people. I'm saying the masses are gonna be saying that. Patrick Mahomes is the best, greatest quarterback of all time. Give give Pat two more rings and I'm um I'm putting the crown on him. Yeah. Hell, you give him one more ring and two more MVPs, I'll say it. I'm just, I don't I'm know this off the top of my head. Has Brady won an MVP? Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's a three time, I think. Three time MVP award winner. He won the year that they went nineteen and 0. Obviously, uh, okay. Yeah. Which I mean, they could have gave it to Randy Moss, but but ooh, they gave it, ooh, ooh, but they they no, ooh, no, ooh, but they gave it they gave it to Tom Brady. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, he won. Th- uh, if I'm not mistaken, he a three time MVP award winner. Uh, I take nothing away from Tom, but no, I, I think that you're absolutely right. But it, this is that's asinine. Right, so you know, I, I I'm here to say it, and this is I'm trying to take my bias out of it. See, that Stroud is the best quarterback to come in this draft. Easily, Easily. it's not even close. This kid's arm talent is tremendously better than anybody else's in this draft, man. I'm almost on the belief this kid has the ability to be like a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. When you talk about arm talent, he has it. There isn't, and please, for folks out there, don't, when I want to say arm talent, I mean accuracy. Um, to be able to deliver the ball downfield and and, and still allow your your receivers in, in, to catch the ball, run out their catch, throwing them open, etc. Not just some of these quarterbacks, which we'll see in the combines and stuff like that coming up, where these guys are just flicking the ball in their pro days and they're throwing the ball 60, 70, 80 yards downfield. But what does that get you? Look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson had a, a awesome uh, pro day, but it didn't equate to nothing. Look, I'll tell you this, right? I mean, Colin Cowherd says a lot of things that I don't agree with, and I, and I like Cowherd. I do, I do like him, you know what I mean? Because I think that his ability to break down certain things, make you think about things in, the, like in, a, in a different way, are unique. But some things he said, like, that's asinine. If, if Charlamagne had follow sports as much as he should or or they talk about, he would give him donkey of the day. Yeah. For for that comment, yes. It's a hundred percent like I, I look, it's not even close. Like Will Levis to me is not even the fourth best quarterback in this draft. I think Anthony Richardson is better than Will Levis. I agree. You know what I mean? And and I'm talking about upside, like for sure. Will Levis, his ceiling might be Hell, let me see if, if I'm thinking about a quarterback to kind of put him. His, his ceiling might be Derek Carr. His ceiling might be Kirk Cousins. His ceiling might be Kirk Cousins, and I'm talking about That's Kirk Cousins. A, I'm talking about Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson. He he had he Stephon had, Diggs. He had, yeah, <laughs> he, for, for one year. For one year, he had yeah, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, that's true. So I think like he's serviceable. He could start in the league. But is he gonna be a somebody that's pushing the knee, like moving the needle? No, like Will Levis don't move the needle. He he gonna you can put him on a, a decent, you can put him on an average team, and they'll be an average team. Yeah. 
You can't put him. You you can't take an average team and be like, put Will Levis on that team. What are they? Are they better or worse? They're not better or worse. They're the same team. Right. Like if you if you put Will Levis on the Saints, are they a better team? No. 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 They're they're the same team. They're the same. They're the same exact team. Like he's he he he's not better or worse than Andy Dalton. No. They're the same team. Hell, you put him on the Carolina Panthers. You replace Sam Darnold and put him in. Are they better or worse? They're not better for sure. They're they're the same team. Same team. Exactly. So hell, you put him on the you put him on the team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're a worse team. And and you might you might only get two less wins because Doug Peterson is a good coach. But that's just I'm just saying Will Levis is not a. It's not a somebody that's gonna come in and move the needle. He's a, a Miller, a running the mill quarterback. Like agree. But these same people that are saying Will Levis is better than CJ Shire probably the same people that are gonna that were saying that oh Trey Lance is gonna be better than Justin Fields. Trey Lance is gonna be better than Mac Jones or Zach Wilson should be the number one quarterback drafted. Eric in- <laughs> should be the, he should be the number one player drafted this year. Like, and this is what's mind blowing to me. Like, what, what, like, what are these analysts, air quotes, looking at to not know these? Like, what, what are, what are you seeing on tape? You can see C.J. Stroud's a dog. On tape, you can see that Justin Fields was good. Like, why? I guess bringing it back to the main issue that I brought up, why is the screw? Are they being so scrutinized? Like they should not be this scrutinized when there are top tier players that were in college. I mean, fuck, CJ Stroud went to the he went to the Heisman twice, two years in a row. What are we doing? Stop with these narratives. I'm tired of these guys getting. This was it. This it. And I'm done after this. Stop giving these guys jobs that don't know shit about football. Stop it. I'm tired of it. If they if they are are going to be on networks talking about a sport, they need to know that sport in and out. No, I mean, look, I, I, I say this, I, and it goes for Stephen A. Smith too, because he know no deal. He's starting to show he don't know a damn about football. No, I won't say. That. I mean, Stephen A. done been he done been around a while. He done covered. He got nah, this he your co- boy. He can. Uh, he well, he, he, he co- going a little off off ropes too. I mean, you talk about like a guy. He covered the Eagles for years. I mean, like at the end of the day, he was. But you know, he's a journalist. Like his job is to tell stories, not yes. necessarily, not necessarily, yes. not necessarily. No, like I mean, yeah, he's supposed to know the sport, but like knowing like the the X's and O's. Like he's he's. A guy who can tell a story about a game or about a player, and you know what I mean, like, and I think that's a lot different than actually going in physically breaking down a game. I'm not gonna go to Stephen A. Smith when I'm like, "Yo, man, let's talk about Tampa two. Like, I don't. Right. I'm not going to him if I'm talking about Tampa two or if I'm talking about a cover three. You know what I mean? Or like, it's just that's not what I'm doing with Stephen A. Like. If I'm going to talk about that with anybody, I'm going to go to a guy like Peyton Manning. I'm going to go to a guy I know who got some familiarity with the knowledge of breaking down X's and O's. Man, get these guys, these ex-players. Give them, give them jobs, man. Just give them jobs. Give them jobs. Take chances on them. 
before you keep taking chances on some of these guys. No, just, just I, I think I, I think you you gotta hire certain people for certain things, right? Like I think it's, it's always good to have a good mix though, because I think when you have too many ex players involved, then you have a, you have way more bias. You know what I mean? Versus no. having guys who are more removed from like. They they're not connected to any team. You, I, I'll, I'll disagree with that, and here's why I do. If you look at the NBA landscape and you look who covers the NBA, and you look at most of the guys who talk about NBA, whether it's on NBA TV, whether it's analysts for ESPN, TNT, they have. The, would you say they they do have those guys who can kind of mix and mingle with the two? But they have all ex players. A well, lot of those are ex-players. Well, Stephen A. Smith is part of ESPN. He covers sport. He covers, he covers NBA. Right. But I'm just saying. Like, Which he, he knows a lot about basketball. He, he, he does know a lot about basketball. But you say the guys, like, look, Kendrick Perkins. You got Jay Wheel. You got Jalen Rose. You got um, you got Shaquille O'Neal. You got Charles Barkley. You got um, Kenny Smith. Right? And then you go to NBA TV, and they, they got guys. They got the ex WNBA players, Candace Parker is doing things as well. There's more people that, that have been in the field that are not that have not been in the field. And I think that the NFL has done a or the people who talk about NFL has done a bad job of putting guys that know more about ball and know more about talent to be discussing things like saying that Will Levis is better than CJ Stroud. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know where Colin Cowherd came up with that at. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he watched a lot of Kentucky. And if he watched a lot of Kentucky games, maybe he's more biased. You know, I, and I don't. I, I, I think I know this to be true, but if I'm not mistaken, he's not a big Ohio State guy. He's a big USC guy, right? So he, it might sway his bias even more to to say less positive things about CJ. But well, get, get, now, listen, you, what you just said, you said. The players might be biased. Now you're hiring a guy who doesn't know ball, still being biased because he likes a school. Yeah, he's a he's a big. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's a booster, right, for USC. Like yeah. I'm. Yeah, I know. I just know he's he's, just, a, he's a big Pac-12 guy. Like I know. Yeah, put put CJ Stroud anywhere, dog. That arm talent gonna show. Yeah, no, I agree. CJ Stroud's a, a monster. Fact. That's a fact. CJ Stroud's a monster, and, and I think that. He will be a stud when he reaches the NFL level. Hopefully, he don't go to the Houston Texans. But, no, no. <laughs> That's why I think, it, it, theoretically, right? That's why I think the Colts may end up with Bryce Young because I hope but pray. No, I think I really think they go Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is going to be the first quarter, first player drafted. That's crazy. Well, he'll be the first quarterback drafted. I mean, I don't know what the Bears do. If I'm, if I'm the Bears... Speaking of, oh, let's get to it. Let, speaking of the Bears, speaking of the Bears who have the number one pick, CJ Stroud came out and made comments, which I, I personally, I'll let you tell, say what you feel about it, and then I'll give my reaction. But he came out and said, uh, basically, and this is not like to quote, it's not a, a, a actual quote from him, but uh, it says something around the, uh, him uh, basically saying that. He doesn't. He doesn't like playing in the cold Chicago weather. You know, he's not a he's not a fan necessarily of cold weather and playing in you know in that type of environment. And you know, a lot of people are you know speculating that he may want out of Chicago 
and they may be looking to move him. But I, I personally, I don't think it's a big deal. But I'll let you say what you need to say because what I have to say is real quick. Go ahead. No, you go there. Okay. So I'll just make it simple. Nobody wants to play in that cold ass Chicago weather. Nobody. Nobody. Do they play there? Absolutely. They get a paycheck. And they love playing football, right? Well, at least I hope so. Hell, I damn near think you got to if you're going to play in, in that cold-ass weather. But that's that's nothing new. You think Jay Culler was waking up every day like, man, I can't wait to play in, in this negative 10-degree weather and get hit by 260-pound men. No, that shit hurts. It does. Like, let's be real. Nobody is waking up in Chicago like, man, I just love this weather. People who don't play football who live in Chicago don't like the fucking weather. Justin Fields is from somewhere where it's hot outside. But he went to Ohio State. was where he ended his collegiate career. He played football up there. You think he liked playing in that cold weather? No, he's not from the north. He doesn't like the cold weather. It's okay. But that's all I got to say. Um... I think it was more politics. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I also think there's more politics involved. Um, I think, so there's two things. I think they're doing this because they want to portray this like this to satisfy more guys because a lot of people don't want to play in the cold weather in Chicago. Chicago's, if you if you don't know, I think Chicago put up like a, a $30 billion um, redevelopment of Soldier Stadium, which would have a dome to close, open and close to the stadium. So I think some of that is the politics in that. But also, there's been rumors that the Bears may trade Justin Fields to go get Bryce Young. And if you're Justin Fields and you really want out, what do you say? I hate playing in what? Cold weather. Cold weather. Cold ass weather. Y'all played me for the past two years. I want to resurge my career and go somewhere else. Look, I, I won't even say resurge his career. I think his career has been, it got off to an a okay start. Like it's, it got, look, Let's be honest. The year one got off to a rough start. They didn't even, they brought him in and, and, and didn't even have packages for him to be their quarterback. When he took the job, he was running a system that wasn't built for him. Now, year two, system's built for him. He had an okay year. He had a really good year. I think he'll get better. But, man, oh, man, oh, man. If I was him, I would want out of Chicago as well. You guys are incompetent of finding ways to build a a team and sustain a team. And, And we saw it. You haven't done nothing since Lovey's left. Nothing. So, that's it. That's my take. Yeah, they they, they did one thing consistently since Lovey <laughs> Smith left. What's that? Lose games. Yep. That's what they done. And, you know, and that's not me, you know, trying to hate on the Chicago Bears. You know, it is what it is. But that's just the reality of it. You know, so I, I can't say this, though. I think that if they do trade Justin Smith, uh, Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. If they do trade Justin Fields, I do think that this would be worse than the Jets passing on Justin Smith. Justin Fields. Or Justin Fields in the draft. Oh, and, and the 49ers. 
Yes. Yeah, because I mean, you're talking about... 49ers uh, probably was in the Super Bowl. They'd probably be Possibly, there. yeah. I mean... Yeah. Be, be, I, and I, that's one That's one move I, I'll never understand. And maybe that's a different topic for a different podcast. But you... You draft Trey Lance because you want a guy like Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is on the board. I just don't get it. But maybe it's not for me to get. So, um... <laughs> Again, another person probably doing a job that if don't understand the game truly, but it is what it is, man. Because if I'm looking for a Justin Fields and I'm like, man, I, I need a guy who can do this, 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 and this. Oh, like Justin Fields? Yeah, like Justin Fields. Just like Justin Fields. Like, there's no way they put that on the board and said, okay, he this quarterback that we draft needs to check this box, this box, this box, this box, this box. And then, and then like when they when they put up all the players who probably all the quarterbacks who probably did it, Justin Fields was probably at the top of the board. Like oh maybe like a guy like Justin Fields, yeah, a guy like Justin Fields, but maybe Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can be Justin Fields one day. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, like that's it's 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 wild to me, but um. So, look, moral of the story, Baltimore paid Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Or you'd be looking for a quarterback like Lamar the Niners are yeah. right now. Yeah, so, um, but, you yeah, know, with, with that being said, though, uh, you know, NFL is going to be very interesting uh, with upcoming moves and stuff. You got free agency coming up. Um, obviously, the combine is approaching. So, it will be very, very – but just before we get off NFL – just three players. Give me three players who may be in a different uniform next year that will have a huge impact in the 2023 season. Huh. So, obviously, I mean, I, I won't go with Derek Carr because that's the obvious one, right? Um, I'm going to go with um, Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's one of them. Um, I, I think he 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 may get traded. Um, I think it really just depends on um, what Pollard, how Pollard serious Pollard's injury is. I really believe that Pollard's injury may be a little worse than we think because we haven't heard nothing about it, right? Um, but I think that they they probably can find a younger guy that can do what Ezekiel Elliott did. Now, if he can lose weight, that's a whole another story. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is another one. I think Aaron Rodgers, it's time for Aaron Rodgers to, to, to kind of go spread his wings, get out of Green Bay um, for his sake. Um, I think Green Bay would be stupid to let him go, though, because you're going to be in a bad situation if you do. Um, and another one is, I'm going to say, I think Alvin Kamara would be another one. I think Alvin Kamara could be a guy who's traded um, in a draft uh, just because there's there's a lot going on. And I'll add one more, and that's Michael Thomas. One of those two are gone. Um, I don't know which one it is, but I think those two guys are gone. I know Michael Thomas restructured his deal last year, um, but I don't know if it's enough. Yeah, no. I Look, I agree with you, and I'm going to pick up where you left off. That's what Michael Thomas. For me, I think Michael Thomas is not getting enough attention going into this uh, offseason. I mean, obviously, a guy who who's openly said that he didn't want to be in New Orleans anymore because he didn't like the system, you know. And I think that New Orleans should be okay with moving on. Chris Olave is a bright future. 
down in New Orleans. And I think he can be a guy who's a number one receiver for you. Yep. A true number one receiver at that. Uh, but Michael Thomas, I mean, you talk about a guy who went healthy, is unstoppable. And mm-hmm. I think that, hey, perfect landing spot for him, Denver Broncos. You got, no, and, and I'll, I'll explain why. Because, obviously, he can go up there and be a number one wide receiver. Jerry Judy can play the slot. They got a guy like K.J. Hamlin. It's a very young receiver core up there. Cortland Sun is the most veteran who is, I think is okay with being a number two receiver. But you put him up there, he's going to be in the system he's familiar with because of Sean Payton. And I think the only thing that they need to really do is shore up a running game uh, and offensive line. Because you already have a top five, top ten defense there. But number two, I will say Kareem Hunt. And look, I know he's I know he's a, a, a older running back, right? You know, just by nature of how long he's been in the league. But he's been sitting behind Nick Chubb really having limited carries over the past three seasons, right? And he had a year off from football. Let's never forget that. So his legs are not necessarily running to the ground, and he's a high-value guy. He's going to be an efficient runner. He can still average about five to six yards of carry for you. So when Come I, to Dallas, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, so when I, when I think about a guy who's going to have a huge impact on the landscape of – because I don't think it's a, a heavy – running back free agency this year. I think you have him. Saquon could opt out, you know, because his contract is up. But I think he resigns. But Kareem Hunt is one of those guys I think is, like, going to be a top of that board when you talk about free agent running backs. And then, obviously, I hate to say it, but Fletcher Cox, right? Fletcher Cox, I think his time in Philadelphia is up. I think that, you know, he's one of the, for me, one of the greatest Philadelphia Eagles that I've had, you know, got a chance to witness um, but and probably the best defensive tackle they had since Corey Simon. And he's the worst Super Bowl dresser. Oh yeah, <laughs> we won't talk. We won't talk about the outfit. <laughs> we we won't talk about the outfit. But I think that when I uh, when I look at Fletcher Cox, you know he can go somewhere and still have a huge impact on the team, especially if you already have a pretty nice defensive foundation there. He can go in and help you out. And when I think about a team who also will need a guy like that to just help, you know, add more value to the pass rush. I mean, Baltimore is notorious for going to get some veteran guys on the defensive line. I wouldn't be surprised if the San Francisco 49ers made a push for him. Or, hell, let's be real, even the Miami Dolphins. Like, they'll have a little bit of money to spend. So I think Fletcher Cox is going to be another one of those guys who can go out and make a difference. But I will say this. Last last one. Like I'll throw an additional one out. I got a fifth one if you don't. No, no. DeAndre Hopkins. Ah, there yeah. we go. Yeah, DeAndre. I think we were thinking the same thing. But DeAndre Hopkins is a guy who I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to move on from. I, I, and, you know, I'll be real. They're a year away from blowing that up. I won't even say this is probably the year that they blow it up. They should, as they should. And I'm talking even including Kyler Murray. Including Kyler Murray. I don't know if they go that far this year, but I definitely believe that they would. And I, I there's another a nice place for D Hop to come to, um, and that's Dallas, Dallas, because we definitely need a number one receiver. Um, so wait, is, is CD Lamb not a number no, one? I don't think he is. He's a one B. No, uh, I won't say that. I, I don't. I don't. I think CD Lamb is a true number one receiver. Uh, but I, I think that when you talk about DeAndre Hopkins. We might have to wait to see where Aaron Rodgers goes, but but hey, but if I'm Green Bay, I'm making I'm calling Arizona before Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers comes off a of sabbatical or his his sabbatical leave. 
Uh, sure. Yeah, he's going. He's going to like a rainforest or something. Yeah, man. Um, it seems like he's he's been Zen Rogers lately. So whatever you got to do, man, to kind of keep your peace. I know when it comes to being a national football player, it ain't easy. Um, I you, know, do you think there's going to be some grass involved in, in the rainforest? Depends on what grass you're talking about, but yes, it, it, I believe it, it, it is. Is it going to be some... That's, you, yes. you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Look, can you look at him? He looks more hippie. Oh, yeah. no. Nah, every, every time we see Aaron Rodgers, he gives us more hippie vibes. I definitely think there's going to be some grass involved yes. in, in the rainforest. Hey, you, they're clearly not testing for it, so for sure. So, nah, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this offseason. Honestly, it's my favorite part of the season. Yeah, um, I, I like it just to, to speculate, right? There's a lot of different things that could go on that could change the landscape of the league. And I think, like, this is the good time for us as guys who love ball, who love football, who watch it a lot, could put our GM hats on. And, and, and move people around to help fit teams. I, I think this is the best time of the year for us. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to that. But we got to touch on NBA. Yes. We got to get to it. it. Hell, NBA All-Star Week. Um, oh, All-Star Weekend. Man. It's, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. <laughs> Um, look, man, I, I I won't lie to you. I haven't tuned in the celebrity game. Did I looked at the roster? Didn't want to see anybody involved. Yeah, man, I, I didn't watch the celebrity game. I caught a little bit of the dunk contest, um, in a three point contest. I'll be honest. Um, I think I sent you a clip. Kevin Durant kind of complaining about the the fact that there is not a lot of stars that are there during NBA weekend, uh, NBA All-Star weekend. And, and and what that meant by that was, like, when you talk about not the celebrity game, but you talk about all the other things that they're doing as far as the challenges and things like that, three-point contest, dunk contest, skill contest. Like, in the past, that used to be, like, the greats, right? Like, what we're seeing more and more of is, like, we had a G League player in the dunk contest. Don't get me wrong. He won the dunk contest. I, I'm not. I'll, I'll, get, I'll respect the Mac McClung. I respect him. But, like, this is a star-driven league. Your stars have to show up and commit to. This is where we complain about LeBron James. And I, I blame this all on LeBron James. LeBron James is one of those guys who was a leader and early on in his career, he didn't. He He's opted not to be in like the dunk contest. I think LeBron James should have been in the dunk contest. I think LeBron James, uh, I mean, obviously is past his prime to do that, but I think guys kind of took it back and said, I don't want to be in the dunk contest because of that. And now we're not getting stars. At this point, you might as well go take some of these guys that are doing tricks, trick plays and trick shots and shit like that and bring them in the All-Star game before you start bringing in some of these G League guys that nobody knows, right? Like, you, you want to bring in somebody that somebody sees and knows and it, and it draws, it makes it a moment. And no, no, no slight to the G League players that have, have, 
been a part of All Star Weekend for the past couple of years because they even some of them played in the uh, the Rising Star the game. Rising Star game. <clears throat> it's not enough. Like bringing in some guys who, who who are names, and that's all I got on that. Um, NBA will be kicking up. We we talked about the trade deadline and all the offers uh, that went down with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving being traded. Now it's buyout season, so. Um, over the next week or so, teams players will get bought out. Kevin Love was the first guy that I saw that was bought out. Uh, Kevin Love, Kevin Love was and, and Russell Westbrook were the two big names of guys who were who were bought out. And, and uh, Kevin Love's going over to Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't necessarily understand the move. Um, I don't think the addition of Kevin Love it it makes them a NBA championship favorite. But I think maybe it's, maybe it depends on how much playing time he gets and the type of packages they put him in. Maybe we see something. I thought that he was probably a guy that was going to go to a, a, a team that he could have added more value to, like a Boston Celtics or shit. Boston, the way they bench been playing and everything else, they don't need nothing. Yeah, but I mean, but it's still, you know, sometimes in addition would be like, okay, I get that. Like I, I thought. That he would potentially go to the Lakers. And yeah, be, yeah. To be able to shoot or And the Lakers is another team I was going to mention. Uh, either put him there or you would see him go to, like, a Phoenix Suns on a veteran deal. You know, just come off the bench. and But, yeah. but you know, hell, you know, maybe he's got a house down in Miami already. Just kind of want to go and, you know, hell, I don't, I don't know what Kevin Love was looking at when he said, hey, I'm going to sign with the Heat. Maybe he was just like, "Hey, I love Miami," so. But no, I I agree with you. I, I definitely think that it needs to be more star power in the in the dunk contest. But at the end of the day, man, I I'm just over it. I told you, I told you earlier, I'm over the dunk contest. Like, it's just so many. How many more dunks can we really see that we get amazed at, right? Like, as a kid, like, man, year after year, like, like, oh, it's something new, it's something new. But as I got older, I saw a lot of those dunks being recycled. And then players just putting on a, a throwback jersey of a player and then doing the same dunk that that player did. Like, that doesn't amaze me that you put his jersey on and did his dunk. You did. You, <laughs> like, that's like me putting on a Batman uniform and going to fight crime, like. It just don't make no damn sense. <laughs> just leave your own jersey on and do the dunk. Like I, I get the oh the, the the amazement of it. I could see it, it would be different if you had that player come out to the court with you. Like then I'm like okay, like those it's gonna be something else incorporated. No, you just put the player jersey on and did the dunk. That's that's it. That's like a, a three point shooter putting on. Uh, a Larry Bird jersey and going out and shooting three pointers. Like no, just leave your own jersey on, son, and, and just shoot, just shoot the ball. Um, but yeah, I'm just not amazed at all. Like Mag McGlung did, he did a really good job. He, I think he should have been the odds on favorite because who was he going against? Jericho Sims, who gave himself a fifty. I think that he might be the first player in dunk contest history to give himself a 50. He graded himself. And I don't even know if he got a 50 on the dunk. I, I could, but the, the way Carl Malone was looking, I saw I saw, uh, I saw, saw the clip. The way Carl Malone was looking when he pulled out the, the 50 uh, sign, it, it just it didn't look like he got the 50. It didn't. It did. so, so that's embarrassing. 
that's like if if your teacher in school say what would you give you when your teacher asks you like so what what do you think you should get on this what what would you grade yourself you know it's probably not good and then if you say an a <laughs> if you say an a the teacher just gonna look at you and and that's how I felt about him pulling out and giving himself a fifty don't grade yourself sir don't grade yourself we know you're gonna give yourself a perfect score. You know what's crazy, man? I and my, I said it to myself. I said, damn, we've almost made it a whole podcast and haven't had a Mario analogy. And you hit one. And I had, I had to. I had to. It's, I don't know. It's built, it's built in me. Uh, and I'm, I'm for it. I am for it, man. I, I like it. I love it. But um, yeah, like, but let's be real. Like, what was... Like the dunk, what what would have drawn you to the dunk contest? What's one name in there you were like, man? Because it was um, Mac McClung who got announced late, Trey Murphy who was known for more was known for his three point shooting with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and then you had Jericho Sims who was a seven foot guy. I don't want to see a seven foot guy. Look, he, Dwight Howard was an exception, right? We, Dwight Howard was an exception. You know, obviously. He did. He had to do a lot of things to win some of those dunk contests. Like he raised the rim on, on the dunk or on the thing, put a Superman cape on. He did the aesthetics. Like Jericho Sims just pulled a, a, a piece of paper out with a fifty on it. Like Jericho Sims is seven footed. He pulled himself up off the. He grabbed the net and pulled himself up the dunk. <laughs> He's seven foot. He shouldn't even have to grab the net. He should be able to just grab the rim. Facts. Like, I, look, and I like Jericho Sims. He's a good player. He can get you, like, six rebounds a game off of the bench, six to eight rebounds. Like, he can play defense. You know what I mean? He's a he's a, a good player to have on the Knicks. Should be in the dunk contest. And I couldn't even – who was the fourth person in the dunk contest? It was McGlung, Murphy, Jericho Sims. I'm, and I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a blank. Because I don't know who it was. That's how you know. That's that's how uninterested I was. And then, and, and this is what I was gonna say earlier, right? When you on the, on the counterpart of that, you got the three point contest. You had Dame Lillard there. You had hell. You even had uh, Anthony Simmons. Anthony Simons was supposed to be in it, but he got pulled out, and uh, they put in um, from the from the Knicks. Uh, Power forward. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Julius Randle being in a three-point contest is more appealing than putting Jericho Sims in a dunk contest. Yes. Way more appealing. Hell, Jason Tatum was there. Like, but these are guys that are stars. They're going to shoot, right? They're willing to be in a shooting contest. The three-point shooting contest. Nobody wants to be in a dunk contest. For a reason. It's only so many dunks you can do. Because at that point, they're going in and unless you're a guy who's above creative and athletic, like uh, uh, who who can I say? Uh, Aaron Gordon back in 2016 with him and Zach Levine. Like Zach Levine is a guy who I thought kind of made a name for himself, right? Through the dunk contest. But not every person can do that. Mm-hmm. And you got to think about egos too, right? If I'm a superstar in the league, Especially if I'm like an established superstar at this point, if I go in a dunk contest and I stink it up, I'm not gonna. That's gonna lower my confidence. 
That's it is. Like, let's be real. It's gonna lower my confidence. Is that why LeBron never done it? I think LeBron didn't want to do it because personally I think he was scared to lose. Like he probably thought like, man, I could go in this dunk contest and lose because he would be the odds on favorite. Every like, you know what I mean? Because he's LeBron James. Do I think LeBron could have won a dunk contest? Absolutely. But I just think that for him, I just I felt like there was like that fear of, man, I, I might not win. Agreed. Yeah, so like that. But if, if it's up to me, like you can keep the dunk contest going, but like let's let's diminish the value of it, right? It's, it's not what it used to be. It's not. Like it used to be a thing of pride. Like people went and they like, man, I'm gonna do what I can to win this dunk contest, and like now it's it's, it's not that big of a thing, not for these guys. Shit, they just happy to be off from basketball for about a week. And they just want to go to a couple parties, have some fun. That's it. That's it, bro. And let's let's be real. This is probably the worst All-Star game in over 20 years. This is probably going to be the worst All-Star game in over 20 years, bro. And I think it got worse when you started to combine, like, allowing the top two vote-getters to pick teams. Yeah. Like, that. that's when it got bad to me. Yeah, I agree. I will agree with you on that. It, it, no, always was a, it always was an East and West thing. Um, it was one of those things where it was like you had some type of pride of the conference you represent. Um, but they don't do that no more, man. I, I think it's sad to say LeBron has helped hurt the NBA in multiple ways. I I and I'll leave that. it at that. I, I, I won't say that. But, you know, I will say what. Can I give you some examples? All-Star game. Um, the the new age super teams paying guys that shouldn't get paid. Well, was he the first player to to, to go to us like to have a super team? Cause he wasn't the first, but in this era, he was right. But what what about the Boston Celtics? They were we we've discussed this before. We have. They were past tail end of their prime. They were. They were. We're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about. These guys went and teamed up in their prime. That hurt. That hurt the landscape of the league. Whether you whether you want to believe it or not, it did. I guess I choose not to believe it. But no, I mean He I, hurt the All-Star game. Okay. He's hurt people. He's hurt the fact that these guys are not playing 82 games or close to it. The the sitting out is I think his thing we can contribute to. Oh, you talking about like low management? Yes. Uh, shit, I think that the I think that the NBA is responsible for load management, allowing these players to do it. Yes, but when you have this guy who's at the pedestal, and you're saying this guy, we're gonna go with this guy. There, we've yet to see the 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 NBA go away from most of the things LeBron James does, or reprimand LeBron James for some of the things he does. And I ain't saying that, you know, you know, people going to kill me because they're going to be like, oh, here you go, LeBron hating again. But he hurt the All-Star game, and that's a fact. You know who hurt the All-Star game this year? What? It was in Utah. Who 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 do you know is like, man, I can't wait to go to Utah. I'm sure you, I'm sure right now, though, there is something out, they might have the best party out there in Utah, though. 
Yeah, they're probably having the. You know what? It's probably in one location. If you go, like, when it's somewhere. That's all of it. That's always what it is anyway, though, right? No, because it's a bunch of different parties. Yes, but I'm just saying, like, there's always that one popping one that the hoop guys are going to go to anyway, and the stars that are there, they're going to go to somewhere like that. But yeah, Utah, Matt. I was gonna say something, but I'll take it. I won't take it. No, no, for real. It's, it's probably I'm. I know, and I know some people out there right now. Like it's definitely like a a, a scene to be, you know, to be at. But it, by default, because it's NBA. But like when you talk about like the history of All Star games, I'm sure nobody like man. You remember when All Star like ten years from now, ain't nobody like man. That day, uh, that All Star game in in Utah, whew. and in the Indy next year, it's in Indy next year, which will be better. You th- you think so? Because it's not Utah. <laughs> That's funny. Are you going All Star game next year? I'm going All Star game next year. You are. I am. We need to talk. Yeah, we we can talk, but yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I might be interested in. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm getting a hotel room and everything. Oh nah. I'm thinking more Airbnb ish. All Star Weekend Rio. Oh. Yep. So. Is that that gonna be better than uh, Vegas Rio? Uh, I mean, almost <laughs> the same person. Oh. Uh, almost okay. the same person. Just you know, colder weather. Gotcha. Okay. That's cool, bro. But yeah, no, it should it should be it should be fun. It should definitely be fun. Um, but yes, I, like I, I, when when I heard it was in Salt Lake this year, I was like, uh, I, who's going? Like I think Luka Doncic said that like he was most excited about the like what he was most excited about during All Star Weekend was going to Mexico, which is he's going after he leaves Utah. He probably went before, probably, and then it was like I right, a couple appearances, yeah. Shot back out there, can't and coming back. Yeah, like I and I heard that some of the bigger like stars didn't because most most people get there like Thursday. You know, if you don't have a game, like most people, most players get there Thursday. Her players didn't really get there till like Saturday morning. Yeah, because who cares? It's Utah. Nope. Hell, the players in Utah don't even want to play in Utah. Facts. I mean, I'm sure that they happy to be on the team, but I don't think nobody's like man. Just ask Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody was waking up like, man, you know what? I hope the Utah Jazz call me because that's the call I'm waiting on. Right. So Big facts. But, um, nah, man, it's, uh, you know, obviously All-Star Weekend coming to an end. Easter, or, who, who was it, Team Team LeBron and Team Giannis? Again? Man. <laughs> for the, for the, for the four out of five years? So who you got? You got Team LeBron and Team Giannis? Well, I think Team LeBron is 5-0, and oh, so... Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm going. Team LeBron again. Again, another reason of some. Another example of something LeBron has changed in the NBA to his favor. Yeah, but shout out to him though. Yeah, you, I mean, you got anything else you want to say about NBA before we get off here? Nah, man. Um, I don't. I'll be. I'll be honest. I'll be interested in the next few podcasts. Um, as we continue to keep. Uh, Keep uh, keep this thing rolling, and um, I'm I'm about ready to get back into college football talks as well. So, I think uh, the next few episodes that we have coming up is gonna be gonna be major. Oh no, no, they will be beyond major because we are getting into the second half of the NBA season. It's only what 24, 25 games left in the NBA season. 
before playoffs start. Yep. And huge, huge games for the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. So, <laughs> which I, I say it like, it's like David Ruffin in the Temptations. Like, <laughs> LeBron is a, a part of the team. So, but no, it's huge, uh, a huge playoff uh, implication for them and what they have to do within the next 25 games or so. And also, I think by that time, Russell Westbrook should have a decision on where he's going to go. Oh, yeah. He, he should be gone probably in the next week or two. Yes. Well, then within the next week. Yeah. So, Clippers are, Clippers are uh, recruiting. Um, but we'll see. The Miami Heat are also interested in uh, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. So, I, I definitely think that it will be interesting to see exactly what transpires there and also we got to start talking about the nba championship and also nba you know the awards you know yeah. who who are our top five guys and i, I mean i think we kind of touched on it you know as far as the top guys but i think we we can dive in a little bit more and also talk about teams who have a realistic shot of making a push for a championship. So, uh, but we definitely want to thank everybody for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast with us today. Episode 90 has been amazing uh, to just, you know, be a part of. And, you know, along the journey, one podcast closer to 100. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, the journey of the podcast. So, uh, we want to thank everybody for, you know, listening to, you know, our past episodes and following along with us providing any type of feedback, any type of retweets or reposts on social media. Definitely appreciate it. So, um, again, until next time, I'm Mario DeRamis. I'm Eric Walker. And we out of here. Peace.